calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. My typical queer story is someone currently lives with their ex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's happened. Yeah. It's happened. I've been there. It's you a know. lot of overlap. Yeah. Lot, yeah. <laughs> I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the perfect cure for your pride hangover. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Sarah York. And today we are diking out with musician and filmmaker B. Steadwell about sobriety. Uh, you may have seen her perform on stage at the first Women's March in D.C. behind Janelle Monet and Maxwell. And I bring that up because we are obsessed with Janelle Monet. Uh, and then her album, uh, Queer Love Songs, is out now, and it's so fucking good. So listen to that and also keep an eye out for her musical, uh, a letter to my ex. We are so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for coming to Dyke Out. Thank you so much for having me. You're in from DC. Yeah. You're here for World Pride. Yeah. DC, Oakland. Yeah. DC, Oakland. Nice. I was just in Oakland. Yay. uh, Doing comedy. It was great. Mm. And then I went out in Oakland uh, afterwards and I'm like, this city is wild. I love it. It's so fun. It's such a different vibe than San Francisco for being so close. Yeah. Uh, A much more fun vibe. Yeah. San Francisco's kind of a sad vibe lately. <laughs> it's really sad, yeah. Yeah, except yeah. for uh, Jolene's I went to. Have you been to Jolene's? I haven't. I've heard great things, though. Jolene's yeah. is uh, great. So it's a it's a queer bar in San Francisco, and I I might say it's like the best queer bar space I've ever been really? in. Really? Right mm-hmm. on. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's spacious. Mm. Uh, so it, already you've got me. Yeah, great. already. Yeah, there's like room to, <laughs> yeah. there's room to breathe. Mm. Um, there's a pool table, which, All right. you know, some some of us the just want to like shoot yeah. pool. Yeah, yeah. Really do. But, it, oh, and then the bar is really big. So there's like a lot of room to be. So no cubby hole situation. Mm. Like there is room for everybody around the bar. Mm. Uh, the drinks are great. Mm. And then there's a room for, for dancing. And the wall is covered in boobs. <laughs> it's it's this very artful boob room. And, oh, I love an artful boob and, room. Uh, boobs and, and chest. Like yeah, all, yeah, all yeah, sorts yeah. of huh. like body shape sizes. Great. And yeah. it's a really cool aesthetic. Is yeah. this in Oakland or is it in San Francisco? In San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but it, it was great. And I would recommend it to anybody who's in that area. It, right. it was kind of a light night when I was there. So yeah. Uh, are you are you from Oakland? No, I'm from D.C. Oh, okay. And now I'm I'm. Sort of both okay. Oakland and DC, yeah. Right on. Living, living by coastal, yeah. Life. Do you have a favorite? Can you say? Yeah, no? yeah. <laughs> Oakland. I Oakland. mean, I, I've been in DC most of my life, so it's yeah. It's like the uh, long marriage, and then Oakland is like my new uh, mistress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Very exciting. I get it. Um, we actually, we, we have a lot of listeners in, in Oakland, which I found mm-hmm. in doing shows there. We had a bunch of people come out 
to my oh, Oakland shows. Yeah, probably more than like that's any cool. other city. So like yes. go diking out in Oakland. Um, yes. And I guess if you're there, look for B performing. Yeah. Uh, so a couple quick announcements. We had our live show uh, and we want to thank everybody who came out to that yeah. uh, in New York City. That was so much fun. Uh, some of you brought your grandmas and signs. There were grandmas there, yeah. Uh, you were putting your, your diking out temporary <laughs> tattoos mm-hmm. all over your bodies. Yep. Uh, we love it. And we love the enthusiasm. We had so much fun. The morning before I texted, or the morning of, I texted Sarah and I said, we're never doing this again. And then like immediately afterwards, I was like, maybe we do this again. Mm, you did specifically tell me in that text conversation, remind me of this conversation. I did. If I say, I know. let's do this again. I know. There's always that post show. We can do it again. I know. I know. Yeah. But man. It was a really good time. And everyone at Caveat is really cool and professional and great and yeah, it was. Uh, it's a cool venue. It's a really so. good venue. Um, so I mean, that episode is out with uh, with Lisa Traeger, um, and then we're back at Stonewall July 29th for our monthly diking out at Stonewall show. Uh, it's going to be packed with great comedians, and um, Allison Pontier is going to uh, yeah. be doing some music at the end of the show. So we're excited to have her from our uh, baby gay episode and that's that for announcements so did you get to meet Janelle Monet? oh <laughs> or was it just like they you shuffled know, you on stage <laughs> we were on stage the whole march the, yeah so, oh, wow. um there were some like small breaks but essentially the backstage was just all of the famous people like ever like even people who weren't part of the march were yeah. just there like hanging out and I'm not a go talk to famous people kind of yeah. person. Yeah. So I was just kind of like sitting there uh, looking awkward in the corner. Yeah, um, that's my move as well. Yeah. Just like, if just, I don't move, yeah. nobody will notice me. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, a part of me wishes I was just trash and just would like bother them. But, you know, like I was waiting in line for the bathroom with Jadena and like, I just was like, don't say anything. Don't move. Like, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. It's weird. But, um, yeah. But I did meet Maxwell. Yeah? Yes. How's that? <sighs> yeah. Pretty cool? It was great. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Uh, many of our listeners know my wife was also once on stage with Chanel Monet because mm-hmm. she does the whole thing during her show where she picks people out to to dance on stage. Ooh. And my wife was one of them. But wow. leading up to that was this whole thing where, like, I don't know, like, once a week she would always say, like, we're going to meet Chanel Monet one day. I'm like, okay, that's... A random thing to say, but she like manifested this okay. and, and then she snuck backstage and like met her and talked to her and got a picture with her and she snuck backstage. Yeah. Okay. I know. I need more information. She's very sweet and very like, she's um, very cool looking. So I think uh, she probably just, people saw her and were like, oh, she, she belongs here because she's just like cool and funky ooh, and awesome. Cool. Yeah. And if, even if they knew she wasn't supposed to be there, like you can't, you can't get mad at her. No, like, you she's can't. She's very sweet. She gives off a lot of like happy energy mm. and vibes. So mm. they just kind of let her, yeah. <laughs> I guess, hang that's out. Awesome. Uh, but yeah. Um, mm. Well, that's really cool. Uh, some other things that are going on. Mm. Are either of you watching the Women's World Cup? Ooh, I've been. Yeah. A little bit. The last one I saw was, um, what was it? Norway and, um, Australia? Was it Norway? I don't know. Australia lost. I've only Um, been tracking the U.S. Oh, really? Okay. Games, which is like, usually, I I feel like, oh, like a bad bad lesbian, bad mm-hmm. queer lady, yeah. because when it's the men's world cup, I will I watch like, it's, I mean, everybody's into it. I know. Yeah. I, I think I get caught up in that. And then also like nobody has cable anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have to sign on to like Telemundo and watch yeah. it. Seek it out. And like, yeah. it's weird times in the day. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The schedule's weird. It's fun though. It is good They're though. So when hot. I watch it, <laughs> they right? I mean, all of them. Yes. Like literally every yeah. single one of them. Like the entire lineup. I'm like, wow, you're all incredibly attractive. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of find that with women's sports in general, though. Like like when the women, like during the Olympics, like Summer Olympics. Oh, yeah. Like beach volleyball, mm. like the whole thing. Yeah. Track These and women field. are all so mm. hot. Yes. 
It's really unfair. Oof, like yeah. not only are you a world class athlete, but you're super hot. And I don't know if it's like a chicken or the egg. Like, are you super hot because, because you're a world class you're really athlete? Fit, yeah. Or yeah. is mm. it just how it works out? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I've been watching Tales of the City. I know you have not. Yeah. How um, is that? Have you been watching I that? I just started okay. it yesterday. Oh, okay. Right on. What do you think? I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, a lot. I'm, yeah, on, yeah. I'm but. a little bit uh, torn on it because there are some like great things in terms of representation going on on it, sure. and like and stories that we don't get to hear, yeah. and yeah. Um, kind of like exploring nuances of of issues with like sexuality and gender, mm-hmm. yep. and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the pilot episode. It was weird because it was like they weren't giving us any real information. And a lot they, of setting up. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a lot of setup. I'm like, just tell us how everybody yeah. knows each other. Yeah. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't this crazy reveal that they needed to hold on to the end. It was like, just tell us up front. Right. So that the whole time I'm not trying to figure out like, but who is who she? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? What's going on? Who is the like uh, and person? You know, I'm yeah. like, why are they making? How such are a, they related? What yeah. Is it? What, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't okay. a crazy myth. It's like, yeah, this is her house and she's like a center of the community. Is that the, and like, is that the older one? The yeah, Olympia but, Dukakis? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah, her yeah, character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do uh, love her, so I should just watch the show. So her and Laura Linney were like in the original one. It, it's this weird. It feels like a couple of shows in one. Like as I go more into it, some parts of it feel like very soap opera. Mm-hmm. especially like every scene with her and it's mm-hmm. always like shrouded by this like mystery like tell like they might as well have that like telenovela music of, oh like, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. you know uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like the vibe that's going on but then it's just like then it's you know ellen page being ellen page mm-hmm. and like that has a very different vibe to it and then it's yeah uh, yeah i, don't I know. need to watch it it's like <sighs> Sometimes it feels very, very preachy, very like sexuality and like different kinds of people, you know? Yeah. But then sometimes it just feels different and calm and like, I don't know, cozy. Like, Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. It has its like very nice, honest and yeah. sweet moments yeah. uh, in it. So, I mean, I, I stuck with it longer yeah. than... I thought I would. Did you uh, watch the whole this. season? Not yet. Okay. No. I might be like six episodes in. Yeah. Um, what I did see recently that I've been wanting to see is Booksmart in theaters. Oh, oh I haven't right. yet. It it lives up to it. I know. Uh, everyone is, that I everyone's whose like opinion I trust is like you got to see this movie. It's so funny. Um, there. I'm not. I'm not gonna like spoil anything because I guess it's like a, a funny part in the movie, but there is a like lady on lady hookup scene. Mm-hmm. My one gripe with the whole movie is that something happens in that scene that like listeners prove me wrong. This would never happen mm. in real life. Okay. Yeah. Like it was, uh, yeah, I, I was like that, that just wouldn't happen. Okay. That wouldn't happen. Like something sexual or like? Yeah, yeah. Something okay. sexual while, while they're hooking up. So, wow, my mind is racing. Yeah, <laughs> no any, anybody who saw be, that. <laughs> this could be anything. <laughs> so other things that I know that you're watching that I know we talked about a little mm-hmm. bit on the last episode, but Big Little Lies. I went home after the live taping and you even did? that was so late. Oh, good so for you. So it was like, let's watch Big Little Lies. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one is more of a setup episode. Yeah. But the first two of this season have been amazing, and Meryl Streep terrifies me even more with every every scene she's in. She's hilarious she's and very scary. Yeah, yeah, she is, which is like my favorite. Ver- I, I, yeah. I, I love it because it feels like she's sort of playing with this role, like she's having fun with this. Like this oh, yeah. is just like a thing that she's doing because she's like, oh, this seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying like watching her choices on screen and like the way mm. she's sort of chewing into this role is so, so cool. Um, Absolutely. And I'm just super nervous about where everything is going. Cause I'm mm. like, this crescendo is going to be something. I think it's going to be something violent again, much like the last season. Mm. And I'm just like how I'm looking forward to them building a bridge of, of like, how did 
Perry become who he is or who he was rather. Interesting. Like yeah. he's like, what does it make any sense? Like it just, I want to know. You want to like, know more about Perry? I want to know how he became such a monster. Yeah. If it was because of her or if it was like a father or whatever, like there has to be a reason, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Eh. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm really, I'm so into it. I didn't think I would no. be. It was one of those shows that I started just because everyone else was like talking about it. And I was like, yeah, give it a try. Well, you know, the book is really good. I've heard that. I, re- yeah. I read the book before the show came out. And it, it actually takes place in Australia. Um, but that's what got me into it. I was like, oh, this book is so good. And I love HBO. Yeah. And I just like the first season and this season, even, you know, so far, the editing is like Isn't it br- oh. so it's sharp perfect. and like and just thought like the way they sort of um, portray trauma, like the way you just mm-hmm. like you're thinking this and then it's there and then you're there. Like it's 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 so it's such art to mm-hmm. me yeah yeah and like ugh, absolutely and the way that they it. sort of like the way they kind of incorporate like monterey itself as a character i think is really interesting mm-hmm. like it's so you I, like you feel like you're there like you can almost like smell yeah. like the ocean spray like that kind yeah. of it's very very like Super. it's very visceral it's very yeah. cool yeah. um and now i kind of want to read the books because i'm if there's a book series i'm going to read it like based on something i want to watch so yeah i don't know yeah, it's good. I think that they wouldn't, uh, these characters wouldn't be in this predicament if ha- they just watched uh, Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. <laughs> they would have learned that right. there was Don't no lie. reason to lie. <laughs> and no. There's no, zero reason. It is, yeah. Like, it didn't make any sense. It did, it did right? Yeah. That, that actually did kind of bother me because I was like, what was the point of lying about what happened? Because that would have been justified. That's Absolutely. all of Pretty Little Liars. It's like there's like a, a stalker slash serial killer after them, the whole mm-hmm. series. And then they never, I mean, yes, you should be suspicious of the police. So mm-hmm. like... I get that in one sense, but these were like rich teenagers in Pennsylvania. Like yeah, they I think they would have been fun. And <laughs> uh, and then all their problems are from like lying to cover up because they don't want like their parents to know that they're being stalked and possibly murdered. I'm like, just tell people. Yeah. Like, just let everyone know. Just tweet about it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh, yeah. I, I'll keep watching. Mm. I like it. Mm. Even though it's. I love it. I just really love middle-aged actresses, so this is just like a real real shot in the arm. It's really great. (laughs) I I feel like right now there's like so much queer content coming out that Mm. I feel like I need to be like on top of it Mm -hmm. and know what's going on with that. And that's taking up like all of my TV time so that (laughs) if I watch something like Big Little Lies, it's like a guilty pleasure just because it's so straight. Mm -hmm. And that's like... Yeah, my guilt, like something that's like overtly hetero. I mean, what a good problem like, we finally have. There's too much queer content <laughs> to keep up with, right? I know. Yeah. Gentleman Jack is uh, wrapped up its season. I wasn't sure if uh, if Euphoria was going to be queer. I mean, it's kind of queer. I tried watching it and I couldn't get through the pilot. Um, yeah, I can't watch people who are supposed to be like they're. I know the actors are all like. 19 and up technically yeah Mm. but there's a lot of like sex drugs and nudity and to Mm. see uh, i just feel like young people yeah Yeah. it's just like the sexualization of of teenagers but it's like mostly on the on the women and yeah i have a hard time watching teens be destructive yeah yeah yeah. like Mm. this is a bummer yeah it also feels like a show that's meant for younger people than me so i I don't know. I feel like kind of a grandma peeking in the room. You're like, what are you kids watching in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, uh, it was a show in Israel. Oh, I don't know. And then this, <laughs> uh, and then it was like remade, but I yeah. was like, man, Israeli teens are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the New York times <laughs> came out with a thing that was like, actually like teens right now are doing like less drugs. They're drinking oh. less and oh, they're good. having less good. sex. Oh, than, thank God. Yeah. They're calling them the like cautious, generation because they watched us like fuck up our lives and they're like i don't want to do that well you know i thought it would be more like the world's gonna come to an end so we might as well do all this horrible (laughs) stuff but no they're being they're being cautious i think they want to try to fix it Hmm. who knows i mean you know abstaining from sex isn't gonna Mm -hmm. fix global warming but right uh, (laughs) (laughs) even if it did i wouldn't abstain so sorry (laughs) That's where I draw the line. I'll I'll use paper straws, but I'm not going to abstain from sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that can bring us to our, our topic, yeah. talking about drugs and uh, sobriety. Mm. Hey. Woo. <laughs> Party time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's an important issue, uh, definitely, and I mean, for anybody dealing with it, but also, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like everybody, like, if you're not sober yourself, like, you have sober people yeah. in your life, totally. um, or people who should be sober. <laughs> yeah, plenty of those. Uh, and in the, <laughs> in the uh, queer community, it's a larger proportion mm-hmm. of us have uh, substance abuse issues. I looked it up, 20 to 30 percent. Mm. Um, of the LGBT population compared to 9% of the straight cis population, that wider range, 20 to 30%, I think depends on whether or not you count Taylor Swift as a uh, part of the <laughs> gay community. I don't know about her habits, but <laughs> I do know she's not one of us. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, uh, so are you, I assume then that you're, you're sober? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Thank you. How, uh, how long has it been? Um, it's been 11 months and some change, so okay. I'm coming up on a year. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much, I mean, depending on how much of that you really want to talk about, like what, what sort of brought you to that, that moment, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open about it because I sort of wish that I heard more people's stories about it when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I was, I was like, um, since undergrad, I was just like drinking a lot, Yeah, you know, pretty much every day. And, um, for a while, you know, I'm, I'm 31 now and, um, and I always kind of knew that it was something I wanted to stop and like, I knew it was a problem, but, um, but I was like functioning pretty well. You know, I'm like a musician. I was able to keep making gigs and like, you know, just like make mm-hmm. it work. Um, and that that's hard too when you're a performer, right. um, because a lot of times, especially when you're starting out, like mm-hmm. uh, you're doing these like open mics where you have to buy a drink to mm-hmm. to perform. Every gig's in a bar. Um, right, right. Every gig's a in a bar. Of, mm-hmm. There's always free free drinks for mm-hmm. performers. Tickets, so same yeah. thing, yeah. In, mm-hmm. in comedy, it's just like mm-hmm. there are time like the times that. I decide to kind of take a break from alcohol. I'm just like, I can't drink any more seltzer. Like I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so a lot of cranberry seltzer. juice. Yeah. 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 A lot of juice sodas. Yeah. And it's also like specifically about being a performer who performs at night, you know, the adrenaline is crazy. So of course, like having some beers afterwards mm. to just like wind down yeah. or celebrate or whatever, like, yeah. Or be sad. Cause it, yeah. you know, you bombed. Like, it, yeah. it's Did you like, ever find like maybe early in your performing career that it was something you were using to cope with maybe nerves leading up to a performance? You know, not as much. I, I, um, I, I can get really nervous before I perform and, um, and like the most I would have is maybe one drink because more than that I would, I would lose, um, focus mm-hmm. yeah and so because you, you do like a lot of like looping and yeah, stuff and you're that looping, like a lot timing's of pretty important yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> music and stand up are two very different things as far as like <laughs> having to be you know yeah 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 I mean I like I would I I would not not with performances but you know with writing I would like get kind of tipsy or you know and it never helped me mm-hmm. yeah you know it's just like you're not getting better even if you think you know you think it's going well. You think because it's helping. You think everything's great when you're, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're I'm just, so cool right now. Right. When you're like eight drinks in, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I've I've definitely like heard that from a lot of friends that I have that are sober performers or artists that they're like, it's funny you look you look back and you you thought at the time that it was helping and it's that's never ever the case. No. You know. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Um, did you did you ever feel like like how, how big of a factor was like the sort of daily like hangover kind of thing or like oh my God. You know, your physiological reaction to alcohol and how much, how that affects your career? That was, that was probably, um, I mean, beyond sort of the emotional stuff, that was like the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. I I would spend half of my day trying to get over my hangover, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, cause I could drink a lot before I felt it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, my yeah. tolerance was really, really high. And so my, I would just be f- completely useless 
for the first half of the day. Like my head hurts. Mm-hmm. I feel a little sick. Yeah. Um, super dehydrated. So it's like, it, you know, just managing that and getting to the point where I'm like good, you know, where I'm normal and then drinking, after, you yeah, know, like yeah. that was just so exhausting. That was like a, a full-time job, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Ugh. I know. Yuck. I'm kind of like thinking about, I'm like, oh, that all sounds really familiar. No, uh, <laughs> no I mean, no, it's, it's not everybody. Well, like, I, I mean, know. it is something that I've thought about a lot because. Well, you work in a bar. I do. And I, <laughs> I work, I work in like the, the restaurant world to like pay my bills. So it's, totally. it's such a, an inextricably linked part of my life. Like yeah, I'm around huge. it for work. I'm around it for, you know, things that we do. I'm around it for fun. Like that's yeah. the only thing that I've. As far as like my social circle, that's how we get together and do things. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's kind of been something that I've thought about a little bit more intensely lately. Like, mm. and kind of figuring out like when I get that little that little like ding in my head that's like, I want a glass of wine. Like, do I need that? Is that yeah. something I should be doing? You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm sort of in the beginning of like thinking about at least a major cutback, if not yeah, a complete you know. Yeah. So this is like it's cool to think. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's something it's I've thought about with more regularity. I think, especially as I get older, and you know, I'm 33, and like our bodies don't react to alcohol the way they Mm-mm. they did when I was 22, and I could wake up and like have a diet coke and go about my day and be <laughs> right. fine. And now right. I'm like, I think it's the end of the world every time I'm hungover. So yes, um, yeah, that's uh, that's important to mm. think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, when you do, you find that like when you began the process of like of sobriety, was it like a cold Turkey, like kind of woke up one day and decided it or was it sort of a gradual thing? Um, no, I actually, um, I, I tried to quit on my own for, um, for a long time and I really couldn't. And so I, I went to AA Mm -hmm. and, um, from that first meeting, um, I stopped. Okay. Just like, just having a community, like having other people sort of like with me yeah. in a, in a symbolic way or, or, you know, like seeing that other people experience, um, similar, similar things, you know, it just like, it shifted my perspective a lot and it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was alone, yeah. you know, doing it. Um, so yeah. So since then I've just been like going to meetings and I got a sponsor and, um, and starting to work the steps and, um, yeah, again, it's not like for everybody, but mm-hmm. I think I was at such a low point where, you know, like the best part of every day was when do I get to drink? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like really, and I, and I, and I didn't love myself, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. which is just like not okay. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't li- live like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I stopped. I was curious uh, about that because I, and I know, um, several queer people who have like been through AA and it really, really helped them. Um, and I've never been, my understanding is there is this kind of like religious aspect to it. And it, it made Mm -hmm. me wonder like as a queer person, um, not that like queer people inherently aren't religious or anything, mm-hmm. but like, is there, yeah. is there a fear into of astrology, being, I think. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, is there a fear of like being like judged for being queer or feeling uncomfortable? Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there are in most places, most cities, there are, there are queer meetings, okay. there are women's meetings that are pretty queer. Yeah. Um, and the religious aspect is very, um, of course it depends on where you are, but like, you know, in the world. Um, but the religious aspect of AA is, is like very intentionally like whatever you yeah want it to be. So it's so, kind of like the, yeah, it's have not you like, read the, the artist way? No. Okay. It's, um, a, a lot of writers like go through it but it's a very popular um book and there's like a lot of mention of god in it but in the way of like the creator yeah and that like there's this higher power that that's like a creator and frames it in a way that even if you're um agnostic or atheist or like whatever you believe Mm -hmm. they're very much like whatever this means to you when you see this word in the book Mm -hmm. like 
it's what it means to you. Yeah. And, and not yeah. so much of like Jesus died for our sins, yeah, no. you know, <laughs> and now you're Yikes. a creative writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, there's, there's a whole chapter in, in the big book that's about like alcoholics aren't usually religious. We usually have weird experience with, you know, mm. with church and blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah. and it very, very clearly, um, addresses the fact that like we're all very suspicious of yeah. the word God and yeah. this whole thing. And, and it's okay. That's and I, good. I, to me, it's like higher power. Like I think the word higher gets me sometimes cause it feels like this weird class of beings. And it's like, it's not, I don't know. It's just means that you are not in control of all things and yeah. you, there are people there's love there's the trees there's you know the sunset it's just like allowing yourself to kind of um let go and not and not believe that you are in control of everything because yeah. you're not yeah and that's really really stressful to to think that yeah yeah uh i i think about you know right now we're like this weekend is world pride and yeah. in new york and you have these like big events like this where it seems like everything's centered around like partying and mm. and drinking and, mm. and times like that I feel like could be especially hard if you're if you're trying to be sober. Do you feel that stress or is it like there's always something that could be tempting or Yeah, I mean I I don't like I still get tiny cravings but um mostly I really just love my life a lot more now yeah. so I'm not like oh I wish I could blah 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 and a lot of times you know seeing people drunk makes you kind of double down oh, you know it? you're yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. not especially really drunk you know like <laughs> yes like sloppy like when you have to take the train I mean I don't live here but like I'm sure you take the subway yes. and stuff here when but yes. like when when I take the train home from work and it's about 1 30 in the morning I'm stone sober and everyone around me is just like like you always Wasted. see that really drunk group on the train and you're like, I think based solely on these people, I never want to drink again. <laughs> like yeah. this yeah. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is so it's it's a it's surreal almost to be around people who are just like hammered drunk and it's yeah. so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and when they try and talk to you, oh and you're there's like, nothing I worse. I like, don't know I, what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> The circular story repetition yes. thing where they have like the same point they keep making. like, please drink oh, water. Please I don't stop. know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> please go lay down. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, it's this, uh, I always wonder, like, how, so how, like, how did approaching sobriety and, like, becoming sober, did, was there any sort of social fallback as far as like, do you feel like you had any maybe friends who sort of drifted mm. out of your life or people that you normally would have interacted a lot more with that you don't anymore? You know, um, not really. I think I, I took a little space from going out, mm -hmm. you know, initially because I was like, I don't really want to be in bars. Yeah. Um, now I, I don't mind it. Um, I I think it's just kind of like, accepting that you can have fun you yeah. know like like dancing was was hard for me at first because you you we've never we never danced sober yeah you know like we're always like a couple drinks in and then yeah. you know feeling good but I was like oh I can, I can never dance again you know yeah. what I mean I'm like so self-conscious I'm not a great dancer you know but when I did, I was like, oh, okay, like if it was almost like child childlike, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you're just, you're just doing, doing it, it. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. don't care and you're learning to not care and, and it's fun. You know what's great for that are those uh, daybreaker parties. I don't know if they, yes. I, I had to unsubscribe to the emails because it was like a little bit much, but I, <laughs> I've i been to a few of them. Are those the morning dance parties? Yeah, they're like yeah. 7 a.m. Oh, I've performed wow. at some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're fun. And, 
everybody said like they're serving like uh, cold brew coffee. Yeah, like kombucha. Uh, yeah, kombucha yogurt. and pressed juices, mm-hmm. yogurt, granola bar, like whatever. Nice. And then people are like going hardcore on the dance floor, but then like it's kind of like knowing everybody's sober and like the music's good and mm-hmm. there's like fun stuff going on all around you and like people in costumes yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. live music like it's just like oh right on yeah wacky i have like a lot more fun than i thought i would have and, and not my apprehension wasn't like oh i have to dance sober it was like i have to dance at seven in the morning yeah i'm like, doing anything I- at seven in the morning <laughs> i'm just like eh, i don't know about that but it was it was like such a fun way to start your day and then you kind of go throughout the day with like a little smile on your face of like oh what a crazy way I started my yeah. day of just yeah. like dancing with a bunch of people and then everybody just like goes to their their day jobs yeah. or whatever they <laughs> <It> do <work. laughs> yeah yeah um that's fun yeah, 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 yeah. um hmm. so I mean my, my wife is uh is sober and I'm not um and it's been interesting because, like, she wasn't when we first met, and uh, I don't want to speak like too much for mm-hmm. for Cecilia. It definitely wasn't like, um, like most of the the time, it was fine. And she was somebody who liked to like come home from work and have like a couple of beers, but like every day, you know, just um, sometimes living in New York to take <laughs> take the yeah. edge off. I started drinking a lot more, I think, when when I moved to New York, mm-hmm. um, just because like there there's so much going on, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like I and just, we don't drive cars, so you're not really and we ever, don't drive cars, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't have to think that. about that. Um, and but. She she had a couple of instances where like uh, she thinks like the alcohol um, interacted with her medication mm-hmm. and she got like very uh, like throwing up like mm. violently and it there was no like real it wasn't like oh she had like tendering it'd be like she had like one more than usual mm-hmm. and then like all hell broke loose. So after that happened, she was like, I'm just not going to drink anymore because yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to ever do that again. Uh, so she just like stopped yeah, and hasn't had anything to, to drink in over a year. And it's been weird for me because like, I do feel a little bit, bit guilty that, that I still drink mm. and that I still have it around the house, but she's like, no, it's fine. I honestly like, as long as she has like, kombucha or like substitutions mm-hmm. and she'll drink stuff like out of a wine glass she'll drink like seltzer water out of a wine glass Aww. just to like yeah you know but um so she was sober on stage with janelle monet she was sober on stage yeah she did mention that Talk about dancing, dancing in yeah front of people yeah Ooh. <laughs> not, not only was it dancing in front of people it was actually um like a work retreat yeah that it, yeah so it was like her coworkers. Yeah. Imagine being like in a theater of all your coworkers. Literally and a then combination of all my biggest fears. On stage. <laughs> dancing. Dancing in front of all those people, in front of someone as cool as Janelle Monet. In no front way. of Janelle Monet. Sober? Absolutely I know. not. I know. <laughs> I couldn't. I know. Two step. That's that's where that's where I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. She's a She's the best. She's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um But but it has been it's been great for for her and like good to that you know after i kind of witnessed a couple times where where she did get sick um you know i don't have any anxieties when we go out because i'm like oh i don't have to worry about like is like could this take a bad <laughs> turn mm-hmm. or, or something like that mm-hmm. uh so it's like peace of mind for me and then i'm also like pretty good for the most part with, yeah, with yeah. drinking so so it works but i don't know how, how do you feel like in in a relationship like mm. the dynamics if you're with somebody who mm. yeah i mean i was lucky enough to start seeing somebody who's also sober and awesome. in the program <laughs> and that's a really nice connection but yeah. um but yeah, I think there. I think there just has to be sensitivity. If if you are dating an alcoholic, or if you are an alcoholic who's dating somebody who's not sober, yeah, um, it just can be weird. You kiss somebody and you taste the yeah the drink. I yeah. mean, you know, and and a lot of people don't. Yeah, even if they're super supportive and and sympathetic, like they don't really understand what it's like, and it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I don't know if I would want to date like a 
a heavy drinker again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds hard no, and frustrating. I, I get that. Yeah. Like I, I think it definitely I mean, obviously like every every person is different, but I'm like constantly checking in with my wife being like because sometimes yeah I'll, I'll kiss her and I know that I have like margarita mouth and <laughs> sexy Yum. yeah and I know she's margarita mouth I love that and she used to really like margaritas so right, right. I'm yeah. like I'm like I'm sorry I'm like does this bother you she's like no like I yeah. she's like I honestly like I don't miss it and I think yeah. like it gave her anxiety wondering like if she was gonna have like a a bad reaction yeah, after yeah. that. So I think like she has enough peace of mind and she, yeah, she just like doesn't miss it. So sometimes like at work events, um, but she has a, a coworker who um, is also sober. Mm-hmm. And so she'll just hang out with him and that yeah, makes it, gotta you know, find that buddy in like buddy. those situations. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in a relationship for a couple of years that was one of those like, like I look back thinking what would have been different about that or if we would still be in it if we weren't drinking because yeah. it was one of those like I you know you have like a gut feeling you're like I know this night is going to end badly you know what I mean like and that can be obviously it has a lot to do with the actual toxicity of the relationship itself and the two people involved but alcohol is such a catalyst for that like if you're already with someone who like likes to maybe pick a fight after you know, at a certain point in the evening, and that is literally what that relationship was. Like, it was, she would get a couple drinks in her, and I could just feel, like, I feel in the air. She's, there's going to be a fight. Like, she's going to get pissed about something. And it's yeah. like, no, that's no way to live. It was just so... It's terrifying. You know, it is. Yeah, it truly is. So that's, like, that's kind of how I've reassessed, at least since that, my relationship with it and with people who react that way to alcohol. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, are you, like some people are a little bit more fun and some people just go into kind of a dark place and that's like their journey. But you know, it's hard to be with someone because I think everyone has that person in their life, or at least you have friends that are like that and like, Oh shit, here they go. Man. Yeah. I I I have one friend that I get, I get so nervous. I'm like, I just don't, it's like a different, it's like all the worst qualities just, it just just sort of augments all the worst things. Very self-destructive. Yeah. In, in comedy, yeah, so many people are are sober. I feel like comedy is specifically either people are consciously sober or they're like, you know, like raging alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. there's yeah. there's like no. Well, so f- I'm a middle ground. <laughs> you are a middle ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely middle ground. And I think I wonder if there's so many people sober in comedy specifically because when you start in stand up, like alcohol is such a big part of like see I don't I don't know nerves. like how do you feel before you go on stage do you do you go on stage without any alcohol or I so I don't like to uh-huh. uh which which is something that I don't feel great about that that I like to have uh like one drink in me before I go on stage to kind of calm my nerves mm-hmm. um but I don't know I I don't know what came first if it if comedy attracts a lot of people who already have alcoholism because like they're suppressing a bunch of problems or using it to cope. Mm. And a lot of, I mean, there's something inherently wrong with tortured people do (laughs) (laughs) like, why would anyone want to do this? (laughs) See, except for, no, I was talking to Tara Pascal, Sabrina Wu about this. And it's like, there's this thing in comedy where you're supposed to be like, just this like miserable, unhappy, fucked up person. And I don't relate to that. I think a lot of that is At men all. in comedy because they've been it's dictating the too. course women of it too. for so long. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's I women, have known some women like, that are like, God, you are just degenerate. So, yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's a pretty like rough environment to to be in mm-hmm. and you're exposed to like a lot of horrible, horrible stuff. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, people are like, oh, if you're like a functioning adult, uh, like why would you want to be a part of this? But honestly, I just like doing it. Like I really like telling jokes yeah. on, on stage and... No, you're uh, one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> but but then everybody's like, oh yeah, we're all here because we're fucked up. Yeah. And I'm like... You're like, speak for yourself. <laughs> Weirdos. I have, a, I have a great life. Um, and yeah, like... The other thing, the thing about working in the restaurant business specifically is that like, especially in New York, it's very like, 
your job is very high pressure and very yeah. like your nerves are like up to here all night long. Yeah. And then you get off work around 1 a.m. So yeah. the, it's just like it's expected that everyone kind of drinks afterwards. So I found that I've encountered a lot of people in that part of my life as well who, you know, because they went so hard for a long time are now sober yeah. and like especially people who perform as well. I think there's something really sort of like there's a link between people who perform as yeah. their career or as their aspirational career and needing to just not feel like shit for most of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's been like, that's been something that's sort of, and at this point, you know, in my, at my like age and how long I've been in New York, I can just say like no and go home, which I usually do. Mm-hmm. But like the first like two years I lived here, I was literally going out like every single night after work because that's like what you do. Like that's yeah. the only social time is your after work time. Um, and yeah, that was kind of rough. Like looking back on some of those, like 6am, like watching the sunrise nights. I'm like, I never want to do that again. (laughs) I'm too old for this. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, I think, I think there's a lot that ties, you know, professionally into drinking and somehow performance and performance and restaurants are the two things. Well, in, in the music industry, like outside of drinking Mm -hmm. drugs, those are, a thing. are also yeah, like happens. pretty prevalent. I mean, it <laughs> in, in comedy, even though like I think I said before, I have like resting narc face or something. <laughs> Nobody's ever offered me cocaine. My, I'm, I would never offer you all cocaine. this time. I've been doing comedy. No one's ever offered yeah, me cocaine. I, that didn't surprise me. What? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not that you would tell on anyone, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't tell on anybody, obviously. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a narc. I know, I know. Uh, no, but um, but like I do know that a lot of um, comedians, will, I mean, it's like weed and cocaine are kind mm-hmm. of the the drugs of choice, but like... And two very different drugs, but... Yeah, yeah. but um, from like musicians that I know too, it just seems like... Uh, like, especially when you get into the industry, it's just, like, so much access to, mm. I don't know, how, how much of that stuff have you been, like, exposed to or? Um, not not as much coke, m- more weed. Yeah. You know, people, like, smoking in the studio or smoking as they write or, sm- you know. Yeah. Which, um, it doesn't make sense to me personally. Like, weed kind of always made me paranoid so mm. yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> me too. didn't feel good or you know yeah like I could be fun and creative it just I just got weird um yeah so. no no for me like I I'm like I can't I can't get high and write because I I don't know it just makes me like not want to do the, anything yeah like well, how yeah. could you possibly be like productive yeah like, that's the whole yeah. point of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like it makes me not not <laughs> yeah. productive as a as a creator yeah um, but yeah and that and that is one like we I think a lot of artists a lot of musicians and artists still are like oh yeah I always like smoke before I write I always smoke you know and yeah. it's just like I don't <laughs> It's funny too it with weird. weed. There are a lot of people I know who are sober, but they still smoke weed. Like yeah. they don't consider weed to mm-hmm. be a part of sobriety. And yeah, I and different. for some people, I mean, yeah, I can see where that makes sense. But then, I mean, yeah, it's still like a mind altering mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, but yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, is that like a topic within the community, like at meetings and stuff, like people who smoke weed versus those who don't and like where that line can be drawn? Obviously, it's different for the person, but. Yeah, I don't think there are any hard sort of rules about Mm -hmm. that. I think it's just like being really, you know, talking to your sponsor and figuring out, yeah, what what makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. Like the same with um, I just got in an accident and I got painkillers. And I just had to talk to my sponsor about like how to be really intentional about like yeah you know I've never had issues with with pills or anything but mm-hmm. just like okay like making sure that you're not taking it automatically every yeah. day like you're actually taking it to deal with pain mm-hmm. yeah and not taking it anymore when the pain is gone yeah. you know yeah. st- stuff like that so like f- case by case I think how do you get matched deal. up with a with a sponsor. Um, you are supposed to pick somebody who is sort of like living the life that you want um. and somebody you don't want to fuck. Oh, yeah. Okay. And somebody who doesn't want to fuck you. Okay. 
Wow. I didn't know if they just paired you up with someone and I'd be no. like, what, like, what yeah. if you like, don't like your sponsor? And you're like, it's okay to I not should like call your sponsor. Them, but, like, actually, I don't want to yeah. call them. Yeah. You just have to like. So there has to be a level of trust, say. I guess, there. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're not like, if it's not someone that you'd like socially hang out with or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My sponsor is like a straight white woman who I never would have been friends with. Yeah. Yeah. But she's great. Cool. Great. Yeah. I I feel like now, and we talked about it a little bit earlier with um, like the show Euphoria, but like the reality of like people in g- general. And there have been like articles written about like millennials drinking mm-hmm. less overall. Um, and it seems like things are kind of shifting. I don't know. Like at least in New York City, like they're um, opening. They're going to be opening a couple. Of yeah, they're open like non-alcoholic bars. Dry bars. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A cultural shift happening right now, which is really interesting yeah. and really cool. Mm. Where you know, because for a lot of reasons, like money, health, like the amount totally. of money I fucking probably spent Ooh. at bars is. Yeah, that is talk about like a sobering fact when you think about it. When you mm-hmm. sort of do that little rough math in your head, like mm-hmm. if I could have, if I could recoup all that money, what I could do with my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's all these factors that go in health, money, and just general like well being, and mm-hmm. and uh, they're open. Yeah, I've, I've read about the, a few like I guess they still call them bars, but like you know places that specialize in mocktails and elixirs and like are that. a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean. It's a it's a fourteen dollar juice, but you know. Yeah, I know. I went to a place oh, that was like you. a fifteen oh, yeah. a fifteen dollar elixir. I was like, wait, what? There, there's no alcohol in this. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's this fifteen dollars? Is there like fairy yeah. dust? What's yeah, it's dust? essentially yeah. a juice generation that you sit in and hang out. But uh, but you know, I I don't know. I think it's I think that's a really interesting like cultural moment that's happening, and I hope it catches on because I think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I I also think too with um with dating and apps because mm. it used to be I mean that you know to in the queer community you have to like go to a gay bar if you right. you know really or like play intramural sports I don't know to, <laughs> to find those are the only two ways to find <laughs> queer women yeah and it, like sadly the queer bars have been all closing yeah. partly because of this but but because you have dating apps and can find people that way, you can also meet people not mm-hmm. in bars right. and um, do activities that like don't revolve around alcohol, and which is great. Like it forces you to be more creative mm-hmm. and do more interesting stuff, and um, then yeah, yeah, just sitting. It's also like a good like apps are a good way to like cut to the chase with people about that sort of thing. Like I've yeah. I'm on one of the apps right now and like not sort of uh, I'm sort of on the uh, I mean I'm kind of on the I'm like it's on my phone but I'm not like on it on it all of our, all of our yeah, listeners, all the listeners are like searching looking it right up now. right now please they're like height <laughs> six feet and up yeah filter my height you'll Fil- find me right away filters the three to three women in New York yeah. <laughs> all three of us know each other and we're all each other's nemeses um yeah, I but I've found that that's like an interesting thing I've noticed amongst people who are sober is that they meet it's like the first thing they well not the first thing but like it's definitely explicit it's okay, on their yeah. profile. And I was like, you know, that makes perfect sense because yeah. you wouldn't want to end up on a date with someone and they like judge you or annoyed with you that you're not drinking, which would be a really shitty way to react, but people do that. Oh yeah. Um the app that I'm on is okay Cupid. It's fine. It's like it's kind of it's weird. I don't yeah. like it. Did you ever do apps like in the past? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, recently I've, I was like a major. I, I would like 2014 to 15. I like went on probably 20 like OK Cupid dates, uh-huh. and I'm still good friends with a few of them. But like, man, that was a hustle. But now the app has gotten so much more advanced. Like I got back on it now, and I'm oh, like, whoa, new, look yeah, at all these things technology. you can do now, and yeah. like ways you can sort of narrow it down. Huh. And man, I still have only met like one person and I'm, it's great, but like. And all in New York City? Just yeah, because like, right. it's, it's very, well, the, the other thing that, the thing that you can't really filter out for is couples. So like, yeah. uh, like cisgender male, female couples mm. who are like, you know what it is. Like it, the first, the first five photos are like this super hot girl and you're like, oh, she's cute. And then the, and then the sixth photo is like some guy, yeah. like her and, yeah. her and a guy and like. We're just Man. here for some fun together. And I'm like, all right, guys, good for you, but not for me. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing that people filter out for in their profiles is like, please, no couples. That's, that's I'm finding who is most interested in me for some reason. 
are women who are kind of who have like a boyfriend but are looking for like a fun thing on the side, you know, or whatever. Experience. Which yeah. like I'm not opposed to, but like I don't because I don't want a man in the room. It's kind of like they're not interested in that. Like yeah. he's gonna watch. So so, so <laughs> they want them like in the room. Yeah. It's not oh like yeah. Just well, they for, like, say a like together. So what what advice would you have for specifically queer people who are who are sort of exploring this as an option or something that needs to change in their life? Because I know that obviously yeah. things are a little different with us, especially going to meetings with yeah. you know strangers essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for queer folks, I would um, I would recommend finding. Um, Finding a, a queer meeting mm-hmm. nearby, and um, and if you are in a place that that doesn't sort of have access to queer meetings, go go to any meeting. Um, just give it a shot, mm-hmm. and you know you can just kind of uh, be a fly on the wall and um, and see. And and I think with um, even even really like sort of um, conservative and religious you know, areas, a, a meeting is, um, is a really beautiful space, even if you don't like fit in mm-hmm. with, you yeah. know, the there community. is that one thing that, that unites all of you, yeah, you know, and it's, it's part of your life that you're trying to fix. And yeah. And it's just really honest, you know, stories. Mm-hmm. When you go That's to it. a meeting, do you ha- like, you have the option of not talking, not yeah. introducing yourself. They they don't know. There's no pressure of like tell us who you are that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no. There's no. You don't have okay. to do anything. Um, sometimes, sometimes you know, some meetings are like you can. You're really you. You have to have the desire to stop. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's an open meeting, you can be whatever. I'm. I don't even want to stop, but if it's a closed meeting, mm-hmm. that means you have to have that, that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's also, um, a new app. It's called, it's called the meeting app and it's basically, um, it'll show you all the meetings near you, the times. So it'll say like, if it's, you know, it's one now, it'll say there's 1.3 miles from you in Brooklyn yeah. at, too. Yeah. yeah. And so that that makes it really simple. You can just like look at the app, find the closest meeting in the closest time and, the, and go. Um, yeah. And I, I just recommend giving it a shot, even if like yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic, but, you know, maybe I could drink less or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. just seeing what it's like. I know. mean, I, I don't think my wife would consider herself an alcoholic, but like sobriety has changed her mm. life like a lot, you know, for, for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't imagine anyone's ever say. been like, wow, my life really went off the rails when I stopped drinking. I was you know, gonna like, say, I don't know anybody who like... feels like they're worse for, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for being sober. I wake I up in the morning feeling good. What's this all about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, sometimes, well, I know a lot of times the reason why sobriety is hard because you are using drinking mm-hmm. as a mechanism to like, you to know, not confront not confront stuff or process yeah. stuff, and now all of a sudden yeah. you have to process it, and that can make the the whole thing very difficult. But there are resources out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to wrap up and move to our listener question. Uh, all right. I'm 45, and I'm finally coming out. I've joined the LGBTQ network at work and a couple of lesbian social groups in my city. Everyone's been really welcoming, but I feel like a bit of a fraud. Uh, As one of your past guests said, I feel like I'm full of shit because I've never actually had a relationship with a woman. Uh, If I do start dating, at what point do I say I've never dated a woman? Do you think it will be a deal breaker? Oh, I don't think if it's with the right person, it won't be a deal breaker at all. That would be a really shitty move if somebody was like, you've never done this? Well, get out of my house. You know, like... I feel like there are TV shows where I've seen that that recently where it's like, oh, you know, come back to me when you're ready or something like yeah. that. But I don't think that that's... No, I, I, that I don't real? know that, that... I mean, it might be accurate as far as how people react. But no, I, I think the best time to answer your question, the best time to be forthcoming with that is probably right away to see if that is a, if that is a deal breaker for someone. Yeah. And if, yeah, because I mean, maybe not like the first, you know, not like right away. Like, yeah, hi, my I, name is I Sarah. Like I've never be, been with a woman before, but like at whatever point that you start talking like about like sexual history yeah, like and a date, but it's usually right away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With queer people, it's right away. Yeah. 
First uh, 10 minutes, we talk about exes, all past trauma. Right. <laughs> every single thing. Yeah, I guess I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that you have to, like, disclose. No, because there's nothing wrong with immediately, you. Immediately, like, having a kid or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, but then there's certainly nothing fraudulent about you. Yeah, yeah, don't feel like if a anything, fraud. If anything, you're like, Welcome. how authentic that you're doing this at this point in your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody has to have a first at yeah. some point. So like, and we were all, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the split is, but you know, some people realize they're, they're queer before they ever enter into a relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. um, of the, of the same sex or yeah. not of the opposite sex. And, um, and then sometimes people discover it like when that experience is happening yeah. uh, and it's different for, for everybody, but don't feel like a fraud at all. Yeah. And know that too, you're, you're not alone. And then when it happens, it happens and then you're done with that. And yeah. you never have to worry about that again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get your first time out of the way. And then you're like, listen, I'm experienced. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if any of this, I think you're doing, you're doing I, fine. I think. And also like when it comes to relationships, like it's not necessarily about like sex or any gender, you know, identity or anything like that. It's like, it's about emotional availability and intelligence and how you communicate and how you like, I don't know, just how you interact with someone, you know, it doesn't have to be these, there's no set of like rigid rules here. Just like be a good person and, and don't take any shit from people who aren't good people to you and you'll be all right. Be yourself and love yourself. Exactly. It's always important. Uh, B. Yes. <laughs> I I feel like I know our topic was like sobriety and stuff and mm-hmm. we didn't really get to talk too much about you as as an artist but you're so uh talented and your music mm-hmm. is Thanks. so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um so I want you to let everybody know where where people can find you but but can you talk a little bit about for people who maybe haven't heard of you like what yeah. you're all about and describe yeah. like your style? Yeah, sure. Um I describe my music as sort of queer pop um it's it's got little pieces of other genres but mostly um the point of it is like just a lot of love songs yeah a lot of cheesy stuff a lot of heartbreak a lot you know just the um the sort of um the topics that I felt like were missing for us like Mm -hmm. we had political stuff and we had you know all this um angry shit and you know but it I wanted something fun mm-hmm. and light and and about love so that's what I do and um but you still have some political stuff yeah I have some I have mix. some light yeah and it, and it is political because it's like I'm black and queer and yeah talking about love um but yeah so so basically I I wanted to um to see pieces of myself in pop music and that's why I decided to start making it and it's it's fun and weird and and corny and um i don't know i like it yeah and (laughs) so when this episode comes out it'll be right after pride happen Mm -hmm. and you are here in new york too yes i'm part of the world pride opening ceremony with cindy lopper that's amazing bunch of drag queens yes that's so cool yes it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be great what what night is that (laughs) That's tomorrow. That's um, tomorrow. Okay. Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Yes. That's so cool. Are oh, you yeah. like super psyched? Are you nervous? I am. There's like some dance moves that are um, great mm-hmm. and <laughs> they're going to make me look really cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm As mostly, we established, you love dancing. So yeah. <laughs> dancing is just a blast. In front of crowds. Um, there are many drag queens with, uh, giant foam glow sticks that I'm afraid I might get hit by, but, okay. um, <laughs> but it's okay. It's all, hazard. it's all going to be yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all going to be, nobody's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. Where do you, I mean, you perform mostly in DC and Oakland or are you kind of like, do you tour? Oh yeah. Yeah. I perform everywhere. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I travel a lot. Yeah. All right. And where can people find out like where you're performing, when you're performing? So um, my website is my name. It's just B-E-S-T-E-A-D-W-E-L-L, Um 
and then my name is is everything you know instagram twitter whatever mm. and just follow me and yeah see what's what's up yeah Highly recommend if you haven't yes. listened yeah. to her music yet, please, please do. Uh, it's so great. Um, you yeah. can follow us at Diking Out on all social media. You can follow me uh, at TGI Carolyn. And I'm at the Sarah York. And if you're interested, follow at Every Gay Season on <laughs> Instagram and keep those submissions coming. We've had, we yeah, have a lot, a lot of, yeah, we get some that are like on the, like it's speculation, which I love a good speculation about, yeah. uh, about a gay season, especially when it comes to cartoon characters who like, right. you know, a lot of, you don't, you don't know, but then I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Um, the signs are there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You can also find us on Patreon where we have some extra episodes that we call Diking Off Topic. And you'll have access to that if you join our little Patreon community and looking to do some some more stuff uh, in that arena soon in terms of like extra content. So get on board with that. Patreon.com slash Diking Out. Uh, come out to our Stonewall show. We hope everybody had a safe and happy and wonderful pride thanks for decking out deck out next week all right bye. bye hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to rachel uncensored it's my podcast where i sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.